The codes are conservative. Why add conservatism to conservatism? So be brave. That's one message to the industry. And also try things out that no one has done before. Kia I'm Troy, here as CEO, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today we're talking with Phil Gabby, who is Project Director at Homes ANZ and a civil structures designer with expertise in bridges, wharves and water retaining structures. Specialising in design and constructing projects and alternative designs where value engineering is needed to bring projects back on track, Phil's passion is delivering efficient, elegant, quick and easy to construct affordable structures with the lowest practical environmental footprint. Join us as he chats with our structural sustainability engineer, Dr. Amir Shah Mahamadi, about structural steel design for bridges in particular and how we can push the boundaries of these designs to be more innovative and courageous. Very welcome, Phil. Could you please start by telling us a bit about your career and how you get into steel bridge design? Oh, yeah, sure. I actually started off as a buildings engineer in a small consultancy in Otahuhu, and uh, we did everything from sewage treatment plants to industrial buildings. And from there, I moved on to uh, work for Fletcher's for a while on high-rise construction. Then I, I ended up spending two years in Bangladesh building stuff for the American government and then moved on to the UK for 10 years. When I arrived in the UK, there were no jobs for building engineers, but there were a few for bridge engineers. So I reinvented myself when I arrived in the UK and spent 10 years inspecting, assessing, and strengthening bridges. Very few new bridges, but I learned a lot about bridge analysis um, through the assessment program. Moving back to New Zealand, I um, joined Becker, and while at Becker, I did quite a few uh, interesting designs and, and bridging more new bridges this time rather than old bridges. They included things like balance cantilever box, concrete boxes and uh, push bridges, also concrete boxes. 2006, I moved to Holmes and at the similar time, Raid from uh, Hira did a talk on steel bridges and it captured my imagination. So here are to blame for my entry into steel bridges. Since then, I have done plenty of steel bridges and um, so that's how it all happened. Blame Raid, my good friend. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thank you so much. Uh, that's really great to hear. Uh, now I'm going to ask a challenging question. Uh, if you had the opportunity to make changes to the existing codes or regulations, what modification would you propose uh, to further enhance uh, the economic viability of steel bridges? Uh, look, um, what changes to the code? Well, I'd move away from ostroids. That won't be very <laughs> popular. <laughs> I, or some clauses in particular. There are some really draconian uh 
clauses within the composite design section on how much reinforcement you need in the slabs that go over the top of the beams. It's about three or four times what was traditionally used at, at the Ministry of Works time, and it's mandatory. So what we're doing these days is throwing all this reinforcement into the, the slab of these steel bridges, and that costs a lot of money. I mean, there are hundreds of tons of steel, I believe, are wasted a year in the form of reinforcing. Now, reinforcing costs somewhere between 3000 or 3500 or even $4,000 a ton to supply and fix. And if you have a, have a hundred ton of structural steel and, you, and you've got 50 ton of reinforcing steel because of the requirements of AS5400, you'd have to ask yourself, does this make sense? Now, I don't think it does because I have looked at literally tens, if not hundreds of steel bridges in New Zealand and in the UK where I worked in, in assessment, which have almost no reinforcement in them and have done just fine. So there's one thing we could do. We could look critically at some of the clauses in the um, bridge manual, which refers us to Austroads. Uh, and see whether they are really relevant. And don't get frightened to actually say, nah, that doesn't make sense in the context of New Zealand. So that's one. Uh, the other thing I would do to our codes is invent a better way of designing box girder bridges. They're a really good system but they are penalised by our codes. And I think it's because a few of them fell down in their infancy and uh, identical to the uh, Auckland Harbour Bridge type box girders. There were problems with the procedures they were using. Out of that come the BS5400 methodology for um, box girders. And it's with us today and it, it never ceases to amaze me. We regularly end up with 20% uh, more steel with our box girder bridges compared to eye girders. It should be the other way around. Mm -hmm. Or at That's least similar. Brilliant feedback. Uh, personal questions. Among your various steel bridge designs, which one holds uh, a special place in your heart and why? <laughs> it's a little bridge. It's a 40-metre span, single-span bridge uh, located out at Bearing Head in Wellington. One of the, it's a very remote location. Why do I like it? Well, it's materials efficient. Why is it materials efficient? It works with nature and doesn't fight against it. How, how could that be? Well, the conforming design that we competed against had normal standalone abutments that acted like retaining walls. And, and the abutments had about eight piles each to hold them up because of the seismicity in the region. So we just said, oh, well, why don't we let one river bank hold the other one up? So we made a fully integral, fully framed up steel structure. And we went from eight piles to three on each abutment. We also got rid of 70% of the abutment concrete because of this much more efficient system. And what's more, because it's completely framed up a fully integral steel bridge, it is a whole lot less lively than 
a non-integral bridge. Uh, the, the framing and the interaction with the soil dampens the vibration on integral bridges by a factor of about five in some cases. Also, by framing it up, we reduced the bending moment at mid-span and we greatly reduced the weight of structural steel in the bridge. So, working with nature led to a material-sufficient design. And actually, it looks pretty good. Nice, slender ribbon bridge. Yeah. And it was quick and easy to build. The whole thing was designed around constructability. And you guessed it. It was about 30% cheaper than the conforming solution because, mm. again, it was materials efficient. It worked with nature rather than fought against it. And it was quick and easy to build. So I love that, this bridge. And we do these sort of bridges all the time, all over the country. Uh, regularly, we end up getting rid of super T or hollow core bridges in remote areas and doing this sort of structure which is really good because those remote areas, people can't afford gold-plated solutions. And of course, lightweight means great performance in high seismic regions, and we have lots of those in New Zealand. We can see that there are a lot of big stories behind smaller projects, so it was really interesting. Yeah, well, with the smaller projects, there's a lot more smaller bridges being built. And I am shocked at some of the designs I see. They are so chunky. They do not need to be. And I'd love to think that we would start to be a little bit more environmentally friendly by cutting material volumes down. And at the same time, having things that are easier to build and look elegant and um, all those other wonderful things. And they're affordable, of course. Yeah. Amazing. Big lesson for me. Uh, thank you for sharing your insights. So uh, let's go to the last question. Can I ask uh, what message do you have for the bridge industry to take on today? Yeah, uh, I, I would say learn to manage your fear. Many designers get the number from the analysis and add 20%. But go away and work out how many trucks you need to put on a bridge to reach its ultimate limit state capacity. Uh -huh. You might remember the Mangamahu bridge that we talked about earlier, the network arch, or did we not talk about that? I don't think we did. We didn't talk much about it. It's an 85 meter span uh, network arch. I worked out that you needed to put three, you needed to stack 40 ton lorries head to toe across the bridge and then put another layer of them on top and a third layer on top of that, plus two more lorries on top of that to get to the ultimate limit state capacity of the bridge. There is, uh, so the codes are conservative. Why add conservatism to conservatism? So be brave. That's one message to the industry and also try things out that no one has done before <laughs> now we made mistakes on our first few ladder bridges and network arches and they still make me a little nervous some of those mistakes today they've all been checked out and fine but i wouldn't do it the same now you will always 
make the odd mistake when you try something new out. But there's no progress without innovation and trying stuff out. If we hadn't have taken the risk and not listened to Raid, we oh. would just be a normal run-of-the-mill uh, bridge design team that doesn't know how to handle steel properly. So the benefits have well and truly outweighed the risks associated with trying something new. Um, another message for the industry is I would uh, think about this, folks. Focus on getting the concept right rather than trying simply to satisfy code clauses. The codes have become so complex that people spend their time trying to satisfy the code. And to a certain extent, we've dropped the idea of creative thinking around concepts. We need to regain that, recover that. Perhaps we need to simplify the code so we don't have to worry about working out what the clauses mean so that we can focus on what I call real design. Getting the idea right, using the right solution in the right place at the right time for the right purpose. Now, I've got one more message. Am I allowed to? Of course. Drop that in. Of course. Learn to work with nature rather than fight against it. Matterhorn Gorge is a bridge that propped itself off the cliff faces because they were there, they were rock, but it did it in a way that didn't destabilize the cliff faces. It helped to stabilize them. So, and in, a, in using nature that way for this bridge, we won the job. Mm -hmm. So simply because of the way we did the piers, we cooperated with nature. Uh, secondly, um, push hard to be material sufficient. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to be material sufficient. One, I'm an environmentalist, but secondly, also, I love winning. And if I am materials efficient, then I can win the DNC work. One of the contractors I work with, and we've done about 40 jobs together, we have an 85% success rate because we go for materials efficient designs. It's pretty good. So, um, yeah. And the next thing is, if you do those two things, if you cooperate with nature and you go for material sufficiency, you'll end up with elegant, affordable, durable, and resilient structures, nine times out of 10. So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Phil today. If you'd like to connect with him, you'll find his details in the show notes. This was a great interview which challenges us to be more courageous with our designs by accepting a bit of risk on the understanding that without trying new things out, there is no progress. Food for thought until we see you next time. So hit subscribe and if you liked what you heard today, please like, review or share with any Metal Minds you know. Let's spread the word. If you like what you heard, you may be interested to find out more about our Structural Systems team and the research and work they're undertaking to support steel bridge design. You can find more in the show notes.